Hello, football is back and so therefore is the Clinton Arms. Forest return to competitive action for the first time in three months as they take on Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. And I'm joined by David Marples and Simon Bristow as we look ahead to the restart. We've talked a lot up to now about the rights and wrongs of restarting the season. And although those issues haven't gone away, I think it's time to at least put them to one side for the time being as we finally get to watch and talk about some football that we actually have a genuine stake in. The Bundesliga might, might have stepped in to fill the void for a few people. But I don't know about you, Dave. I'm relieved and excited to know that we'll soon be watching Forest again, even though the circumstances might not be ideal. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, I've been thinking about this quite a lot, actually. And um, I mean, we are five points clear, but there's so many unknowns. And, and probably like both of you, I've, I've kind of sat there and thought about all the permutations and how, yeah, we're in the playoffs, we should be safe for playoffs, no problem. But there's going to be such a big churn of matches. I think there's two a week, isn't there, after the first game. And, and, and it occurred to me that after two games, if you go two games with a defeat, you, we could, or any team could, could be, we could be out of the playoffs, and that's that's frightening, really. So I am, I, I think I'm, I'm more excited than I thought I would be. But um, I, as it gets closer, I think I've, uh, there's a little bit more trepidation that fills me. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm just ready for some football. In all honesty, I mean, even taking away all of that, and I think there's loads in there to kind of talk about about how different this is going to be in comparison to, um, say, a normal season. You know, three months three months without a game, this would normally be day one of the new season, having had the summer break and, and everything else. And you'd be looking ahead to this this vast long line of, of games, this marathon, um, as people tend to call it. Um, and that's not what we're going to have this time. But to me, it's just desperate to have something to, to watch. And also something for us to talk about, something that gets everybody back together socially, even on social media and all these kind of things, to just be able to talk about football again. I mean, what we can't talk about at the moment, I think, is is form, really, because everything that's gone on in the past has kind of gone out of the window, really. So, I mean, we lost 3-0 in our last game to Millwall. Sheffield Wednesday lost 5-0 um, to Brentford in their last game. But nothing's going to be quite the same anymore. So it's not like we can say, well, where is Sheffield Wednesday? Where are we? How, does that, how do we think that's going to play out? I think, um, having just, we're recording this at half-time of Villa against Sheffield United, the, the first game back, and having watched that first half, it felt like a very early season or maybe even like a pre-season game. The intensity wasn't there. And whether part of that is going to be down to the crowd not being there and the impact that has on the players. But I think that's kind of when we restart, it's going to be like back to those very early games of the season that aren't usually great to watch um, and are very difficult to tell in terms of you know, form, how, how the season's going to play out, who's going to be a good team, who's going to be a bad team. So you're probably going to maybe three or four games of the nine games to get properly up to speed. Um, so to, to a large extent, you know, as you say, form's out, out the window, but I guess league placings could almost be out the window. You're probably going to see a whole variety of um, surprising, even by championship standards, surprising results along the way. Um, so, you know, you just mentioned it's, 
usually going into the start of the season and it, it being a marathon ahead of us, this is, is very much in the sprint territory. And it's difficult to see who's going to be the Usain Bolt of that sprint, I think. That's, that's a lovely extended simile. I'm enjoying that massively. I think what, what you mentioned there was the idea that league placings go out the window. What, there's been a lot of talk about how uh, Forest are going to be really well prepared because players will be rested. Uh, those players carrying knocks will, will have you know got over those knocks and Sam Massa will be fit and all this kind of thing and all the players needed a rest and they'll be raring to go. What, what kind of intrigues me about that is that I guess that's the same for every other team as well. You know, every other team has had this break. And we've seen, you mentioned earlier, Steve, the Bundesliga. I mean, we, we've seen how Schalke um, have come back and they've had an absolute nightmare. You know, they, they, I think they've lost three, maybe four now. Whereas some teams have hit the ground running. I mean, an obvious comparison is Bayern Munich, but that's probably unfair. Point, I guess, is that, as you said, we, we don't know um, on how... Uh, each team regardless of Forest but how every other team is going to react so that kind of makes it exciting for me but at the same time quite frightening. I think you're going to see some anomalies that if the season had played out as it should have done wouldn't have occurred be that at the top of the bottom you know you might see you know I think maybe more so for the clubs at the bottom of the league that they can look at this it's just nine games to save us Right, and they might be five, six points adrift, but you've got nine games, and you can just throw everything into that. And as we've already mentioned, your know, forms out the window. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You're not going to a, 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 you know, Ellen Road with forty thousand Leeds fans there. So instantly, it's a very different scenario that you're walking into. And I think you're going to see a club, um, probably in the Premier League and a club in the Championship, that pulls off a miraculous escape down the bottom. Um, and I think maybe in in our league you're going to see a club that sneaks into the playoff places that probably are a bit too far behind as as you would look at it right now. Hopefully yeah. not Derby. <laughs> <laughs> so the the top two are, as far as I'm concerned, you know I realise we've just talked about anything can happen, but the top two seem gone to me. The, the, the fight for playoffs is going to be quite interesting. Uh, you're right, Simon, the relegation battle is still very much on. Uh, and then there's home and away form. I don't know if there's been a lot of talk about how we will thrive because every game is an away game because of how we set up. And again, I'm not quite sure I fully buy into that at this moment in time. Yeah, see, I, th- I think um, we've just been having this discussion about the crowd factor at games and how that um, might have an impact on the intensity of teams and players' performance. Now, I wonder whether actually the, the lack of fans there will have a, an, an effect on teams playing at home in terms of you don't feel that pressure to, to go out and play a home style of football um, that you know, pleases the fans and wins the points. So could work in Forest's favour because we could, as you say, treat every game as an away game. We've not got to appease fans because no one's there. Maybe, yes, we're watching on TV. But we can play the style of football that best suits us. And that's the kind of counter-attacking, soaking up the pressure, letting teams come at us, defend resolutely and, and go away and, and nick a goal. And um, we've done so brilliantly away from home this season as it is. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Let's, let's hope that that is a, a, a positive factor for us. I think... Um... Although it is a sprint, it's it's not a sprint where we're we're all starting in a straight line. So the the importance of this 
kind of first game. And it's a bit odd, really, in many ways, that we've got this first game this weekend and then we've got this big, long gap um, until we play again. For us, not until the Sunday with us being on telly. Um, and then we get suddenly a run of, of 8 of 25. But this weekend is probably going to set the tone in many ways um, for what then goes on and happens beyond that, especially for those clubs that are going to be slightly on the cusp of whether they're still involved or not. So you sort of said the top two look like they might be pretty secure. I would imagine at the moment Fulham are thinking they're going to be aiming to break into that top two. Um, But if the top two win and Fulham lose, and Fulham have got Brentford as their first game, um, then suddenly that gap changes again and they're probably out of the picture. If they win and one of the top two loses, then they're back in the picture. And when you look further down at the playoffs, you're probably going down, let's be optimistic and say we're not quite going down to Derby, but we are perhaps going down to Swansea and Blackburn, who were, you know, only three points, I think, off um, off Preston at the moment, and then sort of seven points away from ourselves. Um, they're all going to be thinking that they're in the race. But again, if the top six win and, and one of those loses, then they kind of probably drop away from from that. So I think the the importance of this first weekend, even though it's going to be an odd experience probably for everybody involved, for players and for fans, the importance of this first weekend is actually huge, really, to get off to a good start, get yourself into the the mix for whatever it is. Um, Even at the bottom as well, there's a few teams that are are knocking around, could well get pulled into the the bottom three fight. Um, That need to get a first win is huge, and it'd be interesting to see whether that's playing on people's minds, and that also goes into the mix and throws out some some funny results. I think there's also a scenario if you look at the table where, um, if results went in favour of ourselves and Brentford, we could be eight points clear of seventh with eight games to go. You're pretty much safe. You know that's that's going to be a monumental swing then for a, a team to get a point per game. Um, back on those two clubs and, and you could be down to a scenario where really there's only one playoff place up, up for grabs um, and that would just be one game in so yeah I think you're right this this first round of fixtures is going to be pretty important and um, could you know dictate what the, the remainder of the season looks like and where the pressure is. I am massively enjoying that optimism I mean <laughs> just going back to what you said Steve and, and obviously what you're saying there is that if we lose against Sheffield on, on the flip side of that if we lose against Sheffield Wednesday we've got a an uphill struggles exaggerating it but I think you know top two maybe goes out of sight and and I'm all for that optimism I like that a lot I'm, I've got a lot of time for that one but um to, to be that guy I, I, I do um it's, it's in the back of my mind that you know we, I've been sat here throughout this last period thinking you know Playoffs, we're okay for playoffs. Let's just worry about what happens with the playoff semi-final in Wembley. And, and as I said earlier, it struck me that two, three bad results and, and you're suddenly staring down the barrel. Um, and and, um, and I, like I said, I just wonder what, uh, how that's going to play out with, with Forrest and obviously other teams as well. I think we, uh, we are kind of fortunate as well in hopefully, in terms of our, our first game is against one of probably three or four teams that are returning to action with absolutely nothing to play for. 
they're, they're not going to go down. <laughs> not going to get anywhere near the playoffs. There's and a just, lot of predictions you're coming out with, which I'm writing <laughs> down. Going to regret <laughs> all of it when Derby sneak into the playoffs. <laughs> um, but I mean, how tough must it be for a player, at, at, e.g., Sheffield Wednesday, to to try and come back and play football when they know their season's over already, and they're coming back into this weird scenario of football where you know, they're not even going to go and put a show on for the fans because they're not in the stands. You so, are giving them something to pin up on their dressing room door if they ever come across this. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I accept full responsibility for the crushing defeat that now uh, plays Anything, out. I'm not sure. Is, is, have they resolved all of the issues with the AFL for Sheffield Wednesday? So do they potentially have a points reduction hanging over them? Possibly. In which case, they might want to just put a little bit in the bank. But yeah, uh, but yeah I, it will be very odd. For, I mean, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like on the one hand, do you play without pressure, and therefore suddenly everything clicks, and then you know it's not playing on your minds at all. Um, but I mean, I am unusually optimistic about where Forest are at the moment. I think I've I had already convinced myself that the break was exactly playing into our hands because I was starting to think we were tiring up a little bit, um, and that we could do with the rest. So I'm kind of already thinking we've got an advantage there. Um, but I'm also thinking we're not the most intricate of football teams. You know, I mean, we, we have a way of playing, most of it without the ball. Um, it's a style of football that in my head, and I might be completely getting this wrong, um, it, it's not that hard to get back into. Everybody knows what their jobs are. As long as they've got a, a reasonable amount of fitness and we've got five substitutions I think we can make now um, we should be able to put out a forest performance relatively straightforwardly now because we, we feel like we're a pretty well-oiled machine under Lamusi and as I say everybody kind of is, is in that place where they know exactly what they've got to do whereas maybe one or two of the more kind of purest footballing teams may find it a bit harder to kind of kick into gear straight away um, and you were saying before about sometimes August feels like a, an odd month anyway at, at the beginning of a season because teams are still getting into their stride. And I wonder whether there might be an element of that for some of the more attractive teams, I guess. The Brentfords, for example. I think it's probably important as well to state that should, because obviously it could go either way, but um, regardless of what happens, you know, should we drop out of the playoffs or should we get crashed at the bottom two? It would be poor form to start crying about how it's unfair. Should we drop out of the playoffs at the end? It is, I guess, an even playing field-ish with a billion caveats to that for where we are now. And as you both said earlier, it's a sprint. Right, off you go. Sure, yeah, we're not all starting from the same place, but it is a sprint. That's the way it's going to go. And we've just got to suck it up regardless of how it goes, which is fine, I guess. I guess the one thing we haven't um, particularly seen with Forrest is a kind of a depth to the um, the squad that we've got and the players that are regularly involved. We tend to have quite a smallish group of players that are are always our first the first choice, and then uh, again a group of players that are are logically our substitutes. Um, we are going to be playing literally. Saturday to Tuesday, Saturday to Tuesday, for albeit a very small period. Is there a a squad there that that you think can can live with that kind of rotation of games? 
Um, I mean, we're going to need, it's a 20 man squad, I think, to start with, isn't it, on a match day? We've probably got that. Um, but is that our greatest risk, maybe, um, that we won't be able to put that together consistently enough over such a, a, a rush of games? Yeah, I think the, the injuries factor and, dare I say, illness factor as well, hopefully no one does become ill during this process um, of coming back to football. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 just the toll on the, the players' bodies of, you know, that amount of games in such a short space of time, I think we're going to have to accept that there will be one or two injuries and um, the fact that Sam Vassal struggled to put a run of games together all season and been so influential for us when he has played, I think he's going to be, um, you know, the, perhaps the most crucial of, of all of those factors. And in all likelihood, if somehow miraculously he manages to play all of the remaining nine games, I think it will be a, a bit of a miracle um, given his, his, um, his in and out nature in the team so far this season. Um, I do think, you know, we've got hopefully a little bit of, added strength in depth in terms of some of the, the other academy players that are coming through, like of Brennan Johnson and Alex Mighton. You know, you'd think that they're now going to regularly be part of the match day squad. Um, younger, fresher, exciting players, got, you know, everyone's got high hopes for them. And this could be a good opportunity for them to, to actually kind of burst through into the scene a little bit more that perhaps they wouldn't have got if we were in normal circumstances. So I guess it's, it's, it's that as well. It's, you're going to have to rely on those kind of players to put in a performance here and there when called upon. I think that that's just um, give me a little bit of optimism there because obviously there's always the worry about Lewis Graben and his fitness and we know that he's an integral part of the team. But with Alex Martin, who you mentioned, and Tyler Walker, if they are called upon, I, I guess in theory there's less pressure on them, especially at home as well, as young lads to come on and, and score a goal and, and, and be grabbing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm warming to that idea that should they be required, um, there is, they're coming into a situation in which that pressure, to a degree, might be released, which, which might, in, in some ways, strengthen the depth of our squad. There's also, I think, um, obviously we've got a certain number of players um, on loan, some of whom I think we've probably made our own kind of decisions about. But one of the players who, arguably, the star of lockdown, um, who maybe hasn't had much of a chance in the team and is therefore somebody that we don't know, you know, what exactly what has he got to offer? And we've just heard, seen little hints and, and bits of him is Bostock, who could be the man to step in for if there are question marks over Watson, for example, who seems to have been struggling a little bit. Um, it may be an opportunity for a player like Bostock to to come in, really make a mark and be gunning for, you know, a longer term future back in England, whether with us or with somebody else. Yeah, and he's also a player that's got a decent level of experience as well. I think, um, you know, there's a bit of split opinion around Ryan Yates and whether he should be playing regularly or not. Um, but I think it would be a bit more of a concern and, a worry if someone who was so young was being thrust into that very crucial position in the team. Um, it could be a, a lot of pressure on his shoulders, whereas Bostock, you know, maybe he's not quite hit the heights that were expected of him when he was just starting out, but certainly, you know, played around the world, um, got decent top-level football experience. You, you'd feel like he was a safe pair of hands if he did 
come into the team and you know from the glimpses we have seen of him seems to have a, a bit about him as well so wouldn't wouldn't be a, a complete disaster I, 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 I've, I've changed I, I think I'm feeling full of optimism now you've both managed to talk the squad and made me realize that we've got depth we've got youth we've got experience we've got the perfect combination we, we're going up <laughs> We now, of course, are going to get absolutely hammered on Saturday. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, I did this rather silly thing and, and tried to predict what the outcomes of the scores for each game would be. Uh, I did have us down for a, a very tough, tight 1-0 win against Wednesday on Saturday at Hillsborough with a late Sammy Amiobi scuffed goal. So I, I think it's worth um, you know, putting that out there just in case. That's probably a good opportunity to give a quick plug as well to um, to Trevor's tracksuits. Yeah, Trevor Trevor Francis tracksuits, uh, a, a, a fanzine that I've I've created along with a few people and trying to launch issue two's out now. Just uh, search out Trevor Francis tracksuits on on the old social media, and it's there for you for free as a PDF. Uh, all I'd ask is that if you do have a look at it, if you do enjoy it, or even if you don't enjoy it. If you could make a donation to bloodcancer.org, that would be absolutely brilliant. And if for no other reason, get hold of a copy just to see how your predicting skills got on. Well, yeah, I won't tell you exactly how it pans out. You will have to just read it to see how in this uh, alternative world, this parallel world, which has played out, um, (laughs) it's all out there. And I, I caught a glimpse into it and I have documented that for all to see. Uh, one of the um, one of the elements that maybe isn't obviously going to strike at, at kind of our end of the table, although I guess we don't entirely know who's going to turn out for for who when the, the games start to kick off again. Um, but there has been some news around um, Hull this week that several of their players are actually refusing to play for the remainder of the season, either refusing to sign contracts that will take them into that short term picture. And we've also got um, Lyle Taylor as well at, at Charlton, who said ages ago that he wasn't interested in playing when he got the potential for one last big move um, at the end of his contract this summer. So that could be quite a, an interesting dynamic. Well, potentially at both ends of the table, because obviously Hull and Charlton are very much in the mix for relegation. I mean, I think everybody's now just assuming that that's Hull gone, um, even though they're currently outside of the, the bottom three. Um, and it's a big loss for Charlton as well. But when you look at the fixtures as well, um, Bristol City, Millwall and Cardiff have all got to play Hull. Um, and they're all teams that are, are looking up towards the playoffs. Um, and Millwall and Cardiff have both got to play Charlton as well. So from that perspective, it, it opens up a, a slightly, I guess, interesting dynamic around how this season completes. Um, especially if that does in any way kind of influence where different teams land um, at the end of the season. Well, I didn't, thanks for pointing that out now because that optimism has now been shorn away quite dramatically and clearly we're going to lose well, out. To, uh, absolutely, that's brilliant. Good. Okay. That's good to have a balance, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and at the end of the day, it's, it's a maximum of two games, assuming that no other teams between now and the, the resumption of games sort of make further announcements. I mean, I think Bournemouth have announced, I mean, that Fraser is refusing to sign a contract there. 
Um, so potentially there could be more and more of these stories, I guess, as we get closer. Or there could be players on the pitch who are wary of, of getting too involved, especially like you say, Sheffield Wednesday, nothing to play for. Well, if your contract was coming to an end there, you might be tempted to not take a full part um, a full part in the game. I mean, we're quite lucky in that sense in that I think we've pretty much wrapped up our um, situation. We've got very few players who are, who are in that position um, anyway, and we've kind of wrapped up um, Dawson. And we're probably quite lucky that the players that are coming to the end of their contracts pretty much amongst our strongest professionals in many ways as well. It does leave people, I guess, looking, if they want to find an excuse, it's an opportunity to find an excuse in there, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, it's been uh, nice and assuring um, that Forrest, have, in terms of Amiobi and Dawson, got them extended. Um, it'd be nice if we could add the manager to that. I think he's got 13 days left on his contract, so hopefully that's done and dusted um, before this this podcast gets out there into the world. Um, I think in terms of the other teams, it's interesting. I, I would look at it as it's either going to have a real galvanising effect and it'll probably come down to the management. And a, a club like Charlton with Lee Bowyer there, you'd think that actually he would try and turn it as to, to their advantage of kind of saying to the players, look, right, we're now without our star, star striker. He doesn't want to be part of what we're going to do for the rest of the season. Let's use that as motivation to to go and prove him wrong and 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 stay up. Whereas a club like Hull, um, they're already in disarray, um, having you know foolishly sold their best two players in in January. They're now got you know the club captain in in Lehigh gone, two other players gone, and you just wonder whether you can galvanise that situation. It, it feels like it's it's done and dusted, and they'll just you know continue to be awful to the end of the season and get relegated. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's it's all part of the very strange nine-game sprint that we're going to see. Um, and it's going to affect teams in different ways, for sure. Yeah, I think Hull do have a, a sense of a club that is, is heading in one direction, to be quite honest, doesn't it? I mean, it is that kind of, of club at the moment. I'm fairly relaxed about the Moosey, I have to admit. I think on an... Not just because not because I think he's absolutely nailed on to be here next season, but because I think the situation is is one that both sides are going to have a, a very sensible approach to. I'm sure you know nobody. I'm sure at the club is is looking for Lamushi to to leave, but at the same time, I'm sure Lamushi is engaged with what he's trying to achieve here and wants to get it complete, and that both parties are, are sensible about getting through that before they worry too much about what happens what happens next. I mean, it's possible that both clubs could have, you know, unexpected situations um, that they find themselves, if both club and, and manager find themselves in, in situations that, you know, are best left until all of this dies down, really, and we know exactly where we are and what the result of this season turned out to be. To get you very excited about promotion again, Dave, um, I think... It's worth saying that Lamushi strikes you as the kind of character who's going to thrive on this situation of meticulously planning nine games and mm. just really doing a, a, a great thorough job of how you approach it and working with the players. And I was reading another piece earlier from um, from Sami Amiobi talking about one of the best things about Lamushi is his communication with the player and how open he is to talking with with them all and. You just, yeah, you, you, you hope, you feel 
um, after the, the season we've had to date that he's the kind of guy that would actually you know really do the the, the work that's needed to to get the the squad through this remainder of the season. Yeah, I think I think you're totally right. This situation calls for calm, and he's got that in buckets. It's in his locker, and and I think also you make a make a good point that perhaps in this situation all we can do, or or all any football club in this position can do, is prepare what's in front of them and look after themselves, as the old cliche says. And I've got utter confidence that Lamushi uh, would be an excellent leader in that in that regard. I'm sure he's got the players. They all seem very well tactically drilled. They're all, as you said in the Amiobi interview, they're all fully behind him and they've got this massive amount of respect for him. And 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 what we're going to need or what any football club's going to need in these last nine games is that calm uh, approach. And and uh, I think that is something that could serve as well, definitely. And if we um, do, it's quite simple, isn't it, really? If we do carry on in the same vein and there's no... There are many variables that we can't control, but the only thing we can control is how the team plays on the pitch. And if they can just do what they were doing, dead easy, really. We, there's no reason why we, we won't finish in third, fourth or fifth place, which is the most likely outcome, all things considered. Well, I think it's him, to a large extent, it's him in the way that he runs things that does give me that kind of confidence of where we're going. It feels like the club is, for the first time in a very long time, ready for this and he's ready to make the step up it's it's a really odd it's not a feeling I'm used to having so um, it, it's a very strange kind of feeling but it does feel like we're at a moment here that where Forrest is has been building to and he's and he's now ready to take it on and I, I do have a, a somewhat unnerving confidence about the whole thing. It's also the element of Sod's law that this is the the year that we will get to Wembley for since '93, I think, wasn't it? The last time we've been there, never been to the new Wembley, um, but for, we're going to get to Wembley this season because none of us are going to get to go. So it's just it's written in the stars, isn't it, that we will we will go up behind closed doors. Oh, maybe it'll be like the old days, and it'll be the first of many. And that we're going to end up making the new Wembley, our new. <laughs> Uh, what we can at least say is that there's going to be a lot to talk about over the next few weeks. So I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for everybody to kind of to have their say um, and plenty of opportunity for us to get back together and, and talk about some football, which is just, it'll be so nice that we can finally watch a game of football um, socially, um, albeit not together, um, and then get together and talk about it. Um, and, and plot the course, hopefully, to promotion. Excellent. That's established promotion it is. And let's discuss that after we've won the opening two free games. <laughs>